Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. Uh, We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you have decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, it's Ryan, and welcome back to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. I'm sorry that we are a little late. I know we're going to be posting this episode a few days late, so all you wonderful listeners, sorry for the late notice. But how you doing, Pastor Steven? You good, bro? You know, I'm good. Somebody asked me the other night, Wednesday night, and said, where's where's uh, where's Pastor Ryan? Hey. And uh, I said, uh, he's still in Israel. And he said, do you miss him? And I said, well, he hadn't been gone that long. Uh, Thanks, but man. we did. We missed, missed you. you. too, buddy. We missed, missed you. Too, you just came back from the Holy Land. The Holy Land. Decided you would add a couple extra days on your trip thanks yep. to uh, American Airlines. Yep. Love them. Great. Great uh, service. Great you decided flights. to do a little tour mm-hmm. of uh, some of the major airports in, yep. in, yep. in the JFK, nation. Okay, Dallas. Yep. All those wonderful things. Yep. VPS. There you ECP. go. Well, you, that's the that's the unfortunate thing when you're dependent upon the airlines when they when they decide to cancel your flight. Yeah, the day you're of. at their mercy. The day of, yeah. Well, I heard I heard it was spitting snow in in New York City. It was spitting snow. But when snow. we got there, there wasn't snow. It was weird. I don't know. I don't know if they had snow or not. To be honest with you, we heard snow. I, we heard engine trouble. I mean, we're glad we yeah didn't get on a plane that had engine Ooh, trouble. But that'd be a, that'd be a long. 12 14 hours yeah yeah we're glad to have you back well, and that's why back. we 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 effort to to try to go ahead and do the podcast and journey and i just said you know what not the same without ryan <laughs> not the same they just they all denied you didn't they no no nobody oh. denied we we asked one person to possibly do it and uh we uh and they they were willing to do it but we just didn't have a good feel about it <laughs> Didn't have a good feel about Decided it. Decided to move in another direction. Huh? <laughs> well, and, and I'll say that. So tell us a little bit about your trip to Israel before we jump into John chapter 1. John chapter 1. That was good, man. You got to see uh, a lot of the historical sites, a lot of the sites where Jesus walked and where he did some of his miracles and where he taught. And just, uh, you know, you, you said it before you left, you know, that when you come back, you're going to be able to read the Bible differently and you're going to be able to piece everything together and just kind of, and it it worked, man. Like, yeah, you you're you're able to see, uh, you know, you're able to get a clear picture of some of the things that Scripture talks about, where he was, what he did, how he taught, different places that he was, and uh, it, it was, always amazes me uh, at at some of the key biblical stories and encounters that we have, just how close in proximity yeah, yeah, they yeah. are to each other. Yeah. I and mean, we're talking about Israel. Roughly the size of the state of Delaware. Yeah, yeah. It's just really small. So, uh, well, and you, I mean, you see, you could see, you know, the potential path that they would have taken. Like it just all kind of comes together, and uh, it was good. It was a good trip. Learned a lot. And while while you were gone, Journey was the special guest speaker at our annual yeah. Daddy Daughter Banquet. Did you dress up nice and pretty, Journey? Heard he did a great job, and uh, I heard that he even 
he even went ahead and shared that he was Journey himself. And there what? was an audible gasp in the room. Oh, my goodness. That they did not believe he was Journey. The question, though, is how many, how many people got saved after you talked? You don't know? We didn't, we didn't get a visitor card on them. <laughs> they didn't, you didn't have the text line up for them? To, they were all they were, saved. They were all saved before yeah. they got there. There you go. Uh, That's good. Yeah, great night, great program that we do every year. Where uh, you challenge challenge those dads to uh, to lead, yeah. and you know, journey journey raised a, a a daughter and a son, and now he's got two grandbabies. And uh, so anyway, I know it was a good night. I wish he would have just wore his journey t shirt when he spoke. Uh, but anyway, glad to have you back. And yeah, uh, I was really disappointed I didn't get to go. It was my trip to lead, yep. and uh, because of some health issues that we're dealing with in our family, we were not able to lead the states. And you took that, and I appreciate you leading well, that for us. There and, were a few moments that I really wish that Pastor Stephen was there. <laughs> yeah, my, and there were a few moments I wish that I was there yeah, as well. I'm sorry to wake you up at 4 a.m. Hard to be morning. on this side of the this side of the ocean trying to uh, trying to help you guys get yeah. where you're supposed to be, yeah. and me not be there. But it all worked out. It Everybody did. got home we're safe. Home. Still we're waiting safe. on your luggage. Is that right? <laughs> Have they found your luggage? Is your luggage no, in Egypt? No. They know where your well, luggage is. So here's the thing. Um, it's my wife's luggage. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, so that means shopping trip? Not yet. Not yet. Um, I think she's got an email ready to go to American Airlines. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I'm I'm assuming there's going to be some shopping trips how long how long do you how long do they have to deliver the luggage luggage or you have to make a claim and then they cut you a check for the claim uh you know that i don't she didn't tell me that but uh i'm hoping we get it soon if not then you know i I will take donations at the welcome booth (laughs) yeah i don't think so yeah Yeah. uh, you'll be all right yeah we'll be all right you'll be be all right but anyway my wife has expensive taste sometimes but it's okay i hear you i hear you Uh, well but it's good to be back. I'm so happy to be back and working on the Unchangeable Truth podcast as we talk about. So in spite, what? let me ask you this before Go we dive in. All so right. in spite of the difficulty yeah. in travel coming back. Yeah. Would you recommend Absolutely. if somebody has the opportunity Absolutely. that they, they, they go to yep. the Holy Land? In fact, I've even been, you know, thinking about the next time we go, um, what that's going to look like. And uh, yes, absolutely would recommend it. Very good. Absolutely. Well, and and I would just say to our listeners, uh, listen up. I mean, we we we've, we've got some trips that are we've not promoted them yet, just yet, but uh, we're waiting for some of these health issues to take care, and and would love for you to go with me and my bride uh, to Israel. We've got got a got a little Pauline thing coming up. Excited about that, but we'll tell you more about that. So uh, believe it or not, while you were gone, we had a service. Yeah, I preached a message. People responded. They were saying, "Heard great, great." Uh, We've we've been having some great gatherings together, uh, of of and just the the glory of God's falling down and people surrendering yeah. to His lordship. And uh, Wednesday night was one of those situations where I couldn't even get out of here. Every time I'd try to leave, somebody else would come up, and I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I just got a few questions. And, yeah, and in fact, like I've talked to some of the staff guys since I've been back, and uh, every time I talk to people, you know about work-related things it it has come up every single conversation that uh over the last few services man people just getting saved and giving their life to jesus and there i had a few of them come to me saying hey what do you think what do you think is the difference why 
over the last 10 days, what has yeah. been different where, you know, God's just really been, you know, shining down and his spirit's been taking over and what, what for the last 10 days, what could be the difference? And then all of a sudden one of them's like, well, Ryan's not here. Uh, so, but I told him, I said, I don't think it has anything to do with that guys. I really, really don't. I think yeah. it's something else. I feel but, valued uh, and seen here. Uh, uh, no, but I, well, you, I know you say that jokingly, man, and, and you and I have had this conversation a little bit. You know, I think there is this undercurrent of, uh, man, God's doing a, an amazing work here. Um, and I just think uh, I think we have some really good times uh, ahead for people of Panama City, Highland Park Baptist Church. Uh, man, I, I'm, I'm excited about what's to come. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Well, the Bible tells us that yeah. if we uh, if we exalt Jesus, yeah. if we lift him up, all men will be drawn into him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to do. And, you know, there are folks out there that clearly would love to silence uh, the gospel being proclaimed. And there are folks out there that want to sidetrack, want to harm. Uh, we are blessed as a church to have a great reputation. And there are folks that are even doing things to try to try to harm that. But instead of fighting against that, instead, let's just keep our focus on the gospel of Jesus right. Christ. That's because right. Ultimately, that's all that's all that's going to matter in someone's life. Now, we do. We create a we create a great, safe environment for all to be able to worship. We take that very seriously. Uh, I understand that as the under shepherd, my call is uh, it's twofold, you know, and I don't even want to say number one, number two, but I'll just list them out so we can differentiate. But, you know, my my, my call is to safely guard against false teaching. Yeah. Uh, the very truth of the gospel. Um, and uh, the very truth that comes from God's word, Old Testament, New Testament alike. So if there's anything contrary to that, I want to make sure that our folks our folks stay away from that and instead they embrace the very teachings that come from the word of God. And then to also to create a safe space as far as to yeah. make sure the vulnerable are protected, to make sure the innocent are protected. Yeah. We take that very, very serious. Yeah. Uh, you know, my own kids... Grew up in this church. Uh, the baby is taller than me, but yet he's still a baby. <laughs> and uh, we have grand, well, I don't have grandkids, but a lot of our staff members have grandkids and children and all that that are a part of our ministry here. So we take we take very seriously just making sure that um, they're led properly spiritually and they're protected uh, properly when it comes to spiritual and, and uh, emotional and even physical yeah, for situations. Sure. So, yeah, but I yeah, just, we're going to be that church, right? Yeah, seen that in my own family, so I, I 100% agree on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw your little one the other day up in the office, and uh, yeah. I think he was missing you guys. And I was going to horse with him a little bit. I walked up there and I said, yeah, I just talked to your dad time, on the phone. Man. Said I just talked to you on the phone. Your dad on the phone. He goes, really. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, give him a hard time. I'm gonna say something, and then you could tell by the look in his eyes. And now it's not the best time to do that. Yeah. And he sit there looking at me, and and I'm like, well, I just wanted you to know, I just talked to your dad. Yeah. And I said, your dad uh, really misses you, man. Your dad really misses you. He's not a morning person. He takes after his dad. It's okay. But uh, yeah, he struggled a little bit while we were gone. It's okay. We're back. Yeah. Ready your oldest, your oldest boy. Team. I don't even think he knew you were gone. To be nah. honest. Yeah. We just gave him some cash and a credit card, and. When we got back, the credit card's gone and the cash is gone, so I think mm. you did okay. There you go. John chapter 1, man, you are still in it. How many weeks have we been in John? you know? <laughs> yeah, six. This this past week was the week six number weeks. six. Okay. And so this next week will be week number seven, and um, we will uh, get close, get close to finishing. And, uh, we uh, may finish this week. It'll, okay. be, it'll, be, it'll be tight, but we may finish this week. And 
I mean, I think the title is appropriate for just the conversation that we had. The, the, the title is, look, the Lamb of God, right? Like we're pointing to Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. John clearly talks about Jesus. Um, so I, I've got several questions for you today. Um, you know, I, I wasn't in the service. I did listen to it on the wonderful world of Facebook. Our guys did a good job of uh, making sure that service was there and clear and clean. It was good. Um, but I've got some questions, and uh, so my my first question is, why did John call Jesus the Lamb of God? Like, what's the significance behind that term, Lamb of God? Well, you know, all throughout Scripture, uh, Old Testament and New Testament alike, it talks about sheep, and, and hmm. you know, maybe we can talk about that sometime, but sheep and lambs and all those kinds of things. But the phrase Lamb of God is only used twice. Both of them right here in John chapter 1, verse 29, verse 36. And it's talking about Jesus being the Lamb of God. I love the fact that the Bible uses so many different titles to refer to Jesus, each one of them giving significant meaning to his character and his his nature. But he's called the Lamb of God because he's the the perfect sacrifice for sin, and I would say the ultimate sacrifice for sin. And so in order for us to understand who Christ was, what he did, we got to begin with the Old Testament. You go over to Isaiah 53. It contains prophecies concerning the coming of Christ as a, he uses the terminology in verse 10, Isaiah does, a guilt offering. Yeah. A guilt offering. So the whole sacrificial system established by God in the Old Testament, it set the stage for the coming of Jesus, who is that perfect sacrifice that God would provide for what? For the atonement of the sins of his people. Romans 8 discusses that. You can go over in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. It talks about it there. But you stop and think about the sacrifice of the lambs. They played a very important role in the Jewish religious life, and especially that sacrificial system. And so when John the Baptist is there in verse 29, and he's talking about Jesus as the Lamb of God, and we'll continue on, who takes away the sin of the world, the Jews that heard him, I guarantee you they were immediately thinking of any one of the uh, important sacrifices. And they had several of that that were a part of the Jewish sacrificial system. And so with the time of the Passover feast that would have been very near when this happened, I think the first thought might be the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. And that Passover feast was one of the main Jewish holidays, a a celebration and remembrance of God's deliverance of the Israelites uh, from bondage in Egypt. In fact, the, 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 the slaying of the Passover lamb, you can read about it over in Exodus, I think it's around chapter 12, but the slaying of the Passover lamb and the applying of the blood to the doorpost of the houses, that's a beautiful picture of what Christ was doing on the cross, the atoning work on the cross. And so for those uh, that he died, they're covered by his blood, protecting us from that angel of, well, it was physical death for yeah. the firstborn in the in Exodus. For us, it's the angel of spiritual death. But... Um, I think another important sacrifice involving lambs was that daily sacrifice at the temple in Jerusalem. Now stop and think about this. Exodus 29, 30 talks about all this. Every morning and evening, a lamb was sacrificed in the temple for the sins of the people. Mm. Daily sacrifices. So those daily sacrifices, like all the other sacrifices, why did they take place? 
to simply point people yeah. towards the perfect sacrifice yeah. of Jesus on the cross. And it's, and it's interesting here. A lot of folks don't know this until you study this out. The time of Jesus's death on the cross corresponds to the time that the evening sacrifice was being made in the temple. Wow. So at exactly the same time of day. So the Jews at that time, when John's sitting there, John the Baptist saying, behold, the Lamb of God. They would have been so familiar with the Old Testament prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, who, who again, hundreds of years foretold the coming of the one who would be brought, as Isaiah says, like a lamb led to the slaughter. And Isaiah says, and Jeremiah says, whose, whose sufferings and sacrifice would provide redemption for Israel. And of course, we know that person was none other than Jesus Christ. The phrase that John uses, the Lamb yeah. of God. And so for us, that, that idea of the sacrificial system is strange because we don't do that. Right, right. We've, I've teased about this before. You know, when you roll up to church on Sunday morning, I don't have the interns out there in the parking lot saying, drop your lamb off here. You know, we don't have you guys up there with blood flowing down the steps, going into a trough. And, and, you know, afterwards we're going to, we're going to take some portions of the sacrifice and that's how we're going to feed the entire staff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that gets lost on all of us. But at that time. Yeah. Oh man, it would have rang home. And so the concept of payment, that's what it's talking about. We yeah. understand that. Yeah. Or I would even say this, the concept of restitution. Yeah. Easily we can understand that today. And we do know this, the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 tells us our sin separates us from God. We talk about this almost every week, Ryan. We're all sinners. Yeah. Not one of us righteous before God. And so as a result of our own sinful nature, as a result of us being separated from God, as a result of us standing guilty before him, the only hope that we can have is for him, God, to provide a way for us to be reconciled to him. And that's what he did. When I think, like, if if we would just understand the the narrative of Scripture and understand how it, I mean, everything connects. Like, everything connects to Jesus. I know we've talked about this thread through Scripture. I, you know, we've talked about that a lot. But, you know, the simplicity of it, you know, without simply just trying to dispute or find flaws or whatever, you when we just look at every part of Scripture, man, it always, always is pointing back to Jesus. And, you know, I... Well, it's the I, glorious I, good news yeah, of the gospel. Like, I just, like, I, I'm a little dumbfounded on the fact that, you know, there is so, it is very simple. And, you know, John's saying, look, like, here's the, here's the Lamb of God. Like, here he is. Like, this is what he's done for us. And let me throw some illustrations in there, too. To like, I mean, it's just, I, it seems simple on this side being a teacher and being a believer and loving the word and loving Jesus. Like it seems, it seems like, why can't people connect the dots? Like, but well, and, and when we stop and sit there and think that, okay, it was our sin that separated us from God. And the very fact that God himself has provided the offering 
Yeah. Oh my God! Again, it just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's that exclamation point on yeah. the gospel. Uh, I'll, I'll read this, and I know you've got some other questions. But one of my favorite verses of scripture. A couple of years ago, I preached through the book of First, First Peter. I've almost done it long enough to where I think I could do it again. <laughs> uh, but First Peter chapter one, verses eighteen through twenty-one, and I'll just read this text. I—I I wrote it. Actually, I have it. Whenever I do my sermons, there, there, I have a lot of study, a lot of research. Um, when I get ready to preach, most of my time is not sitting there trying to figure out what am I going to say? Can I come up with enough? <laughs> You're taking stuff out. <laughs> Can I come up with enough material? Yeah, it is. It's like, yeah. all right, what is it that I need to say? Yeah. What do I need to leave out? So I have all this extra study that's there that I'm like, all right, I, I, that, that, I'm just going to leave that out. Here's, here's a verse that I used. First Peter chapter one, verse 18 through 21. And I want our listeners to listen to this passage. It, it will, you may have to pull over on the side of the road after I get through reading this, especially <laughs> shout out to Matt Henderson, shout out to Matt Henderson, Matt, I'm going to go ahead and oh, tell you right boy. now, pull over on the side of the road because you're probably going to get out of the truck and run a lap. There you go. First hey, Peter one, eight. that dude, he's getting close to running laps in this big room in here. Can I tell you, I look forward to the Sunday that he takes <laughs> off running a lap because I know we got some security guys. They're going to, they're going to chase him down and tase him. And it's going to, uh, I think that may be what we need to yeah. open the lid off the service. Yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, so anyway, and I would just say this, if he is going to run, don't trip and fall. Uh, Cause we will, we will make fun of him about that forever. First Peter one, 18. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, yeah. that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, mm. but with the precious blood of Christ, mm. a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Yeah. A lamb without blemish or defect. Mm. The perfect, the yeah. perfect, precious blood of Christ. Well, and you mentioned, you know, sheep, right? Uh, you talked about that. That in, in Scripture uses the word sheep, lamb, 600 times in the Bible. Why, why, and I know this is kind of a softball question, but why does the Bible talk so much about sheep? Well, way that it does. Yeah. And you and you said you said a statement in your sermon. I, I I'm not gonna say it right, but you're like, you know, the sheep are kinda like us. They're dumb and stupid, and so are we. And maybe I maybe I took yeah, some no, Dumb it. and directionless. There I try you go. not to use that word, the well, stupid word, I, I, because man, you know I told you I was gonna say yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's wrong. okay. No, I I mean moms now I'll use it outside of the pulpit and I stuff like you. that. In the pulpit though, then there are kids that come up and he sure. said the S word, mom. Yeah, yeah. He said the S word. <laughs> and of course my depraved mind, I'm thinking that they're talking about another word. And then I realize, oh no, 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 they're not allowed to say stupid at yeah, their yeah. house. Yeah. So uh anyway. Dumb and directionless. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, sheep that's that's the mascot for mankind. <laughs> <laughs> it is that yeah, out yeah. of all the mascots yeah, yeah. he could have chosen he chose yeah. sheep for yeah. us because again do you ever hear anybody that's like you know they're okay we, when we started a new school here and we got you know we got a ball team they've been working real hard and our football team they're going to be the fighting lambs no that doesn't that doesn't elicit fear into any right you know they're going to be the uh, ferocious sheep or anything <laughs> like that even though even though the high school that my son and your son goes to they're the dolphins <laughs> And there's not a lot of fear that when, you know, dolphin, ooh. They you play know. that stupid dolphin no I said the word again. They play that dumb dolphin noise at the football games. Like, it's so weird, man. But when you stop thinking about it, a dolphin can kill a shark. That's true. 
So they're pretty stout. So maybe but I, there's. Maybe. I just think of Flipper. Flipper was before your time. I'm not talking about the movie. Journey will remember this. I'm talking about the television show. Like the black and white television yeah, yeah. show, Flipper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I've was seen it not black and white? I, I thought it was black and white. Episodes, Sandy. Yeah. Sandy was the older brother. You remember that? Anyway, you've never seen it, Ryan. I mean, I've seen a couple episodes. I can't tell you the plot or yeah. I think it was. I think it was here in Florida. Was it here in Florida? I think it was. Come it on, was. Anyway. Get your act together, brother. So, so. The, so God has sat there and he's like, hey, I'm going to tell you what the mascot for mankind is. It's a sheep. But then stop and think. Why is it talked about what you said over 600 times yeah. in the Bible? Well, sheep were the most often used as the sacrificial animals. Primary source of income in ancient Middle Eastern cultures. Yeah. I guarantee you, the last 10 days, you've seen some sheep. Yeah, in the middle of the intersection, like in the middle of the road, highway sheep everywhere they still have bedouin shepherds yeah. and they're just out roaming all yeah. over with them yeah you're like my goodness how could a sheep survive sitting on their cell phones on a rock while there's herds of sheep with 5g 5g service they got yeah. better service over in the bedouin wilderness yeah. than we do here in panama city yeah don't get me started with verizon weird. it's pitiful it is i can't make a phone call in my office it, it's it's ridiculous but one time i thought i'll go at&t and i know <laughs> i know i know journey has some ties over there and uh, and then I'm You're like, you're narrowing well, that down. You're, people are going to figure out who it is. I'm telling you, hey, I found this out the hard. Well, I did the hard way. When it was all said and done, after a Cat Five hurricane, we had a guy on our staff that works in our maintenance department. He had a Sprint phone. Was it T-Mobile? T-Mobile. It was T-Mobile. My bad, not Sprint. T-Mobile, a step below Sprint. He had a T-Mobile phone. His was the only one that worked. Yep. The only one. We were loving on him. Let's go back to our original question. There we go. Sorry. That's all right. It's, I'm, the, I'm the one that led us there. I'm the one that led us there. Distract directionalists. <laughs> yeah. Well, sheep are Matthew 25, 32. Represent God's people. The Bible refers, again, Jesus, the Lamb yeah. of God. Yeah. Uh, the very first reference in the Bible, you get back over to Genesis around chapter 4, when Abel sacrificed fat portions from the firstborn of the flock. And the Bible doesn't say it was a sh- lamb or sheep, but most would agree it was sheep because of the word flock. And uh, sheep were among the first domesticated animals. But I'm just saying, all throughout the word of God, sheep, 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 they would have understood it. It was their major source of income. Shepherding, one of the low, lowliest occupations, wealthy landowners would hire out the job of, uh, you know, of tending sheep to boys and men that they would say well they're not qualified to do anything else stick them out there they can be a shepherd the youngest child in the family they're often the ones that would tend sheep i mean who who was out in the field watching over sheep when samuel came to jesse's house to appoint the next king david where's david oh he's good for nothing he's out there Hmm. taking care of the Hmm. sheep and um i'm just saying the humble status of a shepherd uh, I think I think that's one of the reasons that Jesus chose that title. When you get over to John chapter 10, we'll eventually get there. He's describing his relationship with us. So he identified himself, I'm a shepherd. Notice he didn't say I'm a king. And he is a king. Yeah. But I'm a shepherd. Showing his humbleness, I think his meekness, but emphasizing the fact, man, he didn't he didn't come for the elite. He came for the lowest of the low. Mm. Yeah, and that's, here, that's here he is, picture. the Lamb of God. So you got the sacrificial yeah. system. They would have understood it's, it's animals that they saw every single day. But again, man, here he is, the shepherd, um, showing the humility there. 
Um, and, uh, and you, you know, talk about why we're often compared in the Bible as human beings compared in the Bible to sheep. What are sheep prone to do? Wonder. Yeah. Yeah. They wander from the flock. Yeah. Well, we, we're, we're prone to wonder from God. You can go to Isaiah 53 verse six, and it talks about that. What What's the sheep's only chance of survival within the flock? You got to have a, a competent right. Right. Yeah. Uh, shepherd. Um, yeah, you know what sheep will do? Mm. They become overconfident. Yeah, they were they become rebellious. You know what I've heard, and I and I saw a documentary on this. I need to I need to find what the name of that is so I can recommend it to our listeners. But sheep get really distracted. Like like sheep mm. are like, huh? Look at that little tuft of grass over there. I bet that tastes really good. <laughs> the the thought of leaving the safety of the flock yeah. and the shepherd mm. and the you know they've not thought past you know what that, that'll preach. That, that's only like two or three bites and that's oh that looks yeah. really good. That'll preach. Uh, Peter, Peter kind of had that tendency in mind. You go over to First Peter mm. chapter five. He warned the church to be on alert. Why? Because the devil prowls around like yeah. a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. A lion's not going to attack the flock. Right. A lion waits till one lamb wanders too far from the shepherd. And then, you know, the great shepherd, the good shepherd parable that Jesus. I'm just saying it makes sense. Yeah. That they're talked about so much. Stop and think. Who who were the who were the ones who heard the first good news about right. Jesus' birth? Yeah. Shepherds. Should have got we would argue and say, well, God should have sent the message to the palace. The temple, no, no, he goes out into a field full of sheep. Um, Jesus is the lamb because he's meek, he's non-threatening. You know, even in the day, even in heaven, when the day of the Lord arrives, Jesus arrives, Jesus is still called the lamb. But you get over Revelation, it's almost an ironic twist there. The one called the lamb pours out his wrath like a lion to destroy all those who continue to oppose him. So yeah. they're throughout the Bible because we learn a lot about them that way. I learn a lot, a lot about about uh, about God, His dealings with humanity by looking at at sheep. So I, I think I think they're referred to six hundred times throughout the Bible because it helps us better yeah. understand ourselves and the Good Shepherd. That was a long answer, but well, but I mean it, it fits, you know, because you know, and, and you even referenced it, you know the the Lamb of God, like He carries away our sin, right? And then you you kind of talked about this old testament new testament thing the old testament's going to ask this question like where is the lamb but the new testament answers it going here is the lamb of god and you you referenced isaiah i'm sorry not isaiah you referenced abraham um, in genesis 22 and isaac 22 and again the picture of the uh, eventual ram coming up but why why do you think or why would god tell an earthly father to sacrifice his son like and i've tried to and i've tried to put myself in there like i don't i don't know how i would handle that but you know abraham we know was faithful and god worked that but why do you think god used that particular situation well isaac also was the only son right he was the he was the son of promise yeah in the old age yeah that when God said, hey, Abraham, listen, man, 
I'm going to give you descendants like the number of stars in the right. sky. It yeah. is through you that all the nations of the earth will come. They'll be blessed. And Abraham's like, hey, I got one problem. I don't have a kid. Well, but and but I even go back to the whole Deuteronomy 12 through 20, whatever, that it all, like it, that were many, many years that God was saying that. Like many. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. And, Absolutely. You know, I, yeah. Mm. Well, it, it, it represents so much more, not just his son, yeah, but yeah. the but the but the promise. Yeah. Almost almost the way that we would say this: if you love the gift more than you do the giver, mm. then it yeah. it it really it it even robs the uh, the joy of the gift. But I, I would say that's a legit question. I mean, given that God's testing of Abraham involved a command to do something that elsewhere He forbids in Scripture. I mean, you can look at Jeremiah seven thirty one. I mean, okay, so God's told him sacrifice your son, but He's forbidden child sacrifice. Right, right. right. Why did God command him to sacrifice Isaac? Yeah. Well, it'd be great if I could say, go to this chapter, go right. to this verse. The Bible right. doesn't specifically address the answer to that question, but I do think we can. I think we can. We can come up with a few reasons in in the study of Scripture. The first one is this: God's command to sacrifice Isaac was to test Abraham's faith. Right. Not so that God would know what Abraham's faith is like. God already knew what Abraham's faith was like. It's so Abraham would know what his faith was like. Um, Mm. And God's test, God, every time God Mm. tests us, he does it to prove and purify our faith. Testing causes us to seek God more, right? To trust God more. So God's test of Abraham allowed, check this out. Not only allowed Abraham to see what his faith was like, but allowed Isaac to see what his dad's faith was like. And now here we are. It allowed all the world to see what Abraham's faith was like and to see the reality of his faith in action. And so so you can go over to James chapter 2 where it talks about faith is more than just this inner spiritual attitude. Faith is works. You could say you have faith all day, but do you have faith enough to be willing to go and sacrifice your own son? So it was, it was, I would say the first answer is it was set to test Abraham's, Abraham's faith. But I would say, secondly, God's command to sacrifice Isaac was to validate that Abraham is the father of all who have faith in God. Mm. Um, You can go over to uh, Romans four Uh, in Romans four. It basically says this, Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness And then we today who had the faith of Abraham, that's over in uh, 16, 17 in Romans 4. We also find that he is the father of us all. Yeah. So without Abraham's response to the command to sacrifice Isaac, I think I think we might have difficulty knowing all that faith entails. So I, I say that to say this. Abraham's faith is an example of the type of faith required for salvation. Mm. Do you really have faith? Do you really have faith that he can forgive sins? Do you really have faith that it is a gift? Do you really have faith that it doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't require uh, behavior modification on your behalf? I, but I'll give you th- can I give you a third reason? I'm I've got a few of them down here. Go for it. It's going to be an extended episode, people. So this may be a two-parter. Who knows? Maybe God's so. command to where are we? Where are we sitting right now, right. Journey? Thirty-six minutes. How how long do these usually go? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Minutes. Let me answer this question, then we'll pick up a part two. Can we All do right, that? Go for it. All right. 
God's command to sacrifice Isaac was to provide an example of absolute obedience. Now, here's what I mean by that. God gave the command. Yeah. And Scripture tells us this over in Genesis chapter 22. After God gave the command, here's how it says. Early the next morning, yeah. Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. Yeah. Headed out with his son and the wood for a burnt offering. He didn't delay. Yeah. There was no question. I could set myself sitting here yeah, saying, yeah. whoa, God, I'm not sure I heard Hang you correctly. On. Yeah. Hang on, God. Hang on, God. You're, maybe you don't know what you're telling me to do. You're telling me to do something that elsewhere I know I'm not supposed to do. He didn't argue with God. He didn't sit there and say, well, maybe I'm reading the wrong translation. Maybe I give me right. a different translation. Or, right. or maybe I need to talk to somebody else about this. That All he did was obey. Yeah. And as a result of his obedience, what happened? You get down to verses 15, 16. Blessing. Yeah. Blessing. Um, I'll give you another reason. God's command to sacrifice Isaac was to reveal God as Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. So on the way up the mountain to the place of sacrifice, here's Isaac. And he's like, hey, um, I know we've got the wood and the fire. Yeah. I just, where's the animal? And then, and then what, what I, Abraham said, hey, God will provide. Don't, don't you worry. God will provide. And after God's provision of a ram to take Isaac's place on the altar, Abraham, what he, he named the place, what he named it, the Lord will provide. Yeah. The Lord will provide. You were there. I was. You were on that very mountain yeah. just a few days ago. Yeah. The Lord will provide. Stop and think about it. From that point forward, everyone who passed by there, hey, hey, there's, there's the place named the Lord will provide. Yeah. The yeah. Lord will provide. Um, and so it's another character revealing name of God. Uh, when I, I just practically like, if we look at all of this, you know, we look at the, the lamb of God, the one that takes away our sin, the one that, you know, is talked about so much in scripture and, you know, relating it. I love how the fact that we can, you know, we can learn from the old Testament and the new Testament and just, again points to Jesus but you know if if we just sit back and looking at this story of Abraham and Isaac like for me um it just shows that and and this word personal god has been, just been in my mind for a long time like it the the personal aspect of who god is that god in in those moments in our life when we think there's no end or there's no hope. Like in those moments, God constantly provides and constantly shows up. And and I I don't know, you know if you're listening to this. Like I don't I don't know where you are in this moment, but you know the God of the universe provides. Like I just there's there's peace and there's comfort in that moment that the God of the universe provides, and we see it with Abraham and. Well, and it's he, a huge, it's a huge thing to me. Like, he well, just, it's peace. Yeah, absolutely. Just provides. Like, it's and, peace. This, 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 this past week, uh, many of our listeners know that uh, that my wife yeah. uh, has uh, right now. She is in in recovery and treatment for a cancer diagnosis. And so uh, this this past week, uh, we were at the uh, the Mayo Clinic, um, and uh, we we make a trip there once a week. And, um, and so we were talking to an oncology doctor and uh, trying to decide, okay, what, what's treatment going to be? And 
Uh, is chemotherapy going to be needed? All these kinds of things. Anyway, uh, it wasn't very long uh, in the conversation where uh, the uh, we realized the doctor was a, a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm. I'm a follow. You know, we're followers of Jesus Christ. And anyway, because I made the statement, hey, we thank God for you. We thank God for your advanced treatment, all the research yeah. that you've done. We we believe that is a gift from God. Uh, but when it is all said and done, we believe in the one that is in tomorrow before we ever even yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's what the doctor said. She said, yeah, that's right. It's not like God's up in heaven saying, what in my name is going on down there? <laughs> right, right. And yeah. uh, I'm like, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to use that. That's, that's a good one. But uh, yeah, what she is basically saying is this. God has given us wisdom. God has given us intellect, knowledge. God has yeah. given us great abilities that he uses on a daily, daily basis. But ultimately, it comes down to can we trust yeah. him? Can we trust him? And when you stop and think about what is happening here, God's command to sacrifice Isaac was a foreshadowing of yeah. God's sacrifice yeah. of his own son. Yeah. It, it, this prefigures the New Testament teaching yeah. mm. of the atonement, the sacrificial offering of the Lord Jesus on the cross for the sin of mankind. I wrote, I wrote this down, Ryan, and, and, and since this is a two-parter, I think I can throw it out there. Go for it. Um, but th- the parallels between the sacrifice of Isaac and the sacrifice of Christ— so, so here's what God said in Genesis 22, 2. Take your son, your only son, whom you love. Yeah, yeah. John three sixteen. for yeah. God so loved the world yeah. that he gave his one and mm. only son. Genesis 22, 2. Here's what God said. Go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there. It's the same area where the city of Jerusalem was built many years later. Jesus was crucified in the same area that Isaac had been laid on the altar. Genesis 22, 2. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Genesis 22, 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. John 19, 17. Jesus carrying his own cross. Yeah. He put the wood on his back. Mm. Walked to Calvary. Yeah. Genesis 22, 7. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? John 1, 29. John <laughs> said, look, the lamb of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who takes away the sin of the world. That's good. Genesis 22, 8. God That's himself good. will provide the lamb. First Peter 1, 18 and 19, Jesus is likened to a spotless lamb. Revelation 5, 6, 6, he is referred to as the slain lamb. Isaac, Genesis 22, 9, Isaac, who was likely a young man at the time of his sacrifice, acted in obedience to the Father. And before his sacrifice in Matthew 26, 39, Jesus prayed this, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as your will be done. Hebrews eleven nineteen Isaac was was resurrected figuratively, and Jesus in reality. Listen to what it says. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. First Corinthians fifteen four, Jesus was buried and was raised on the third yeah. day, according mm. to the scriptures. So many centuries after God's command for Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, Jesus said this, John 8, 56, Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. This is a reference to Abraham's joy yeah, in yeah. seeing the ram that was yeah. caught in the thicket in Genesis 22. The ram that was sent by who? By God 
as a substitute that would save Isaac's life. Seeing that ram was, in essence, seeing the day of Christ, the substitute for all. I'm just saying, guys, over and over again, over and over, a foreshadowing to the coming of Jesus. How people can sit there and and say uh, that the Old Testament and the New Testament don't link perfectly (laughs) together. I I can't. Honestly, I would have to sit there and try hard not to think it does. Right, right, right. But again, that just goes back to thou or before eternity. Right. It was already in the heart and the nature of God. Mm. All right, listeners, We're read preaching. your Bible. Yeah. Man, it's just it, the gospel is real, and you can see it all over the place. Hey, thanks for listening to part one of the Unchangeable Truth. Well, not part one of the Unchangeable Truth. Unchangeable Truth podcast, part one of Look, the Lamb of God. So Look. we'll pick up next week with part two or tomorrow. Whatever we do, we'll figure it out. Part two is coming soon. Thank you for listening to Unchangeable Truth. Hey guys, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to this week's issue of the podcast called Unchangeable Truth. Let me encourage you as well, if you get a chance, go check out our website. It's Highland, H-I-L-A-N-D, Park, P-A-R-K, dot org. On that website, you'll learn more about our ministry at Highland Park Baptist Church. You can also listen to some previous sermons, which are archived for the previous year. And as well, if you ever find yourself in Panama City in person, come and check us out. Worship with us live at 2611 Highway 231 North. We would also love to talk to you about Jesus Christ. If you got any questions regarding your relationship with Him, having faith in Him, or if this podcast has encouraged you, or you have other questions regarding the podcast, feel free, shoot us an email at podcast at highlandpark.org. As always, our prayer is that this podcast would point you to Jesus Christ, would increase your faith, and would help you as you mature daily in your walk with Jesus Christ. God bless.